You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 98, as this is officially... The last podcast before the preseason starts for the New York Rangers. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, another Sunday here. It's rainy and it's colder. And I actually feel like uh, maybe we uh, won't experience any more 95 degree weather anymore for the rest of the year. So uh, as always, I have to start the podcast off with Andy. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Pretty busy weekend for me. Saw friends the other night and... Did a nice little fall clean, Put took all the summer clothes and, you know, I was taking a big gamble here, but I, I basically stored away all my summer clothes and took out my fall winter clothes, you know, so. Oh boy. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I did, I did leave two pairs of shorts behind. I always wear t-shirts, but I left two pairs of shorts out just in case, you know, I need them for some reason. But for the most part, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm taking the bet that like you said, the 95 degrees are, are, uh, are, are past that now. So, yeah. So just excited for the preseason game tomorrow. Uh, like I mentioned last time, I'm going to go with a buddy of mine. And, yeah, it looks like today in practice we saw what that first game group is going to look like, So, which is pretty interesting to say the least. But, um, yeah, no, exciting. Like I said, just uh, all the news and notes coming out of Rangers uh, practices have been pretty interesting. Yeah, I've, uh, you know, if you look at, you know, Vince Mercogliano obviously does a pretty good job of covering um, these practices and, you know, uh, the the five on five play against each other. Are you surprised with any of these? You know, I, I know they had, you know, the different groups out there. Are you surprised with any of the combinations that you've seen so far? Because, you know, I've seen, you know, jeez. Uh, like I've seen diff- really bizarre combinations that, you know, kind of go against what we said the last podcast. Uh, do you think there's anything you know, to that or they're just kind of experimenting and kind of having fun with, you know, different groups? Yeah, no, I just think it's exper- like, you know, for the most part, I think the groups we saw earlier is what they're hoping to roll into the season with. Um, but there was some experimentation going on as of today's practice. I think they tried you know, Capo Caco with the Kreider and on Kreider and Zibanejad's wing. They tried Lafreniere on the, playing his opposite, you know, playing on the right side instead of the left with uh, Panarin and Trocek. 
in a practice group. So yeah, I just think they're experimenting. I mean, most of the pair D pairs are going to be unchanged. Obviously they tried Jones and Schneider together today. <laughs> Finally, after, you know, obviously Rangers fans have been cringing about all the, uh, Libor Hayek uh, boosting that seems to be going on by Gerard Gallant and his coaching staff. But um, yeah, nothing really too surprising. Like I said, I think today was, uh, and especially this for, we got confirmation that the the first group that practiced today, uh, which I can read out here in a second, is what's going to be the game group for tomorrow night. Uh, so yeah, I just think they're going to experiment. Um, do you want me to read what the lines are supposed to be for tomorrow night? Just to, out of interest. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, do that. Because most people will be listening to this podcast before the game plays. Yeah, and so, I mean, it could be different. I, I want to caution everyone that. Uh, and Vince uh, on Twitter said as much. But for the most part, I think it's most likely going to be Criders, Banjo, and Kaka, like I uh, mentioned. VC uh, with Heedle and Kravtsov, uh Bobby Trevino, with Carpenter in the middle and Ryan Reeves and then Othman, Dawson Riedel and uh, Adam Sakura as the fourth line for tomorrow. And I guess the, the D pairs I think would be, I thought uh, would probably be for tomorrow would be Miller, Truba, Jones and Schneider and Hayek. And uh, was it Willens, Andy Willensky? Is that his name? I think so. Yeah. He's a Hartford guy. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, just like obviously what sticks out the most would be Kako playing with Kreider and Jab, which is, I think was very happened for a very short time last season, but apparently their expected goal share when he was with them was very good, you know? So, and then obviously, uh, VC Heedle crafts off is a interesting line. Yeah. You know, I don't like be that. I, I, be interesting to see, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, I'm happy. I get to see crafts off and see how he looks tomorrow, you know? So, uh, and, Gallant said as much that different guys are there are certain guys who know they've made the roster but if you are one of those guys and or, or you know who know doesn't think they have in the bag you have to play your tail off so we'll see how we'll see how hard some of these guys go because that's a pretty distinct message from usually preseason game is they're always like oh you know just go out there and play your game and try not to get hurt and all this other stuff but that seemed like an open challenge for some of these uh you know the uh the Trevino's and the VCs and the crafts offs, honestly of the world to basically like, you know, ball out if you want to, if you want to make this team. So, yeah, I think, you know, crafts off is definitely an interesting, you know, he's in an interesting spot because he's basically being granted a top six forward position without proving himself at all. And, you know, honestly, I think the fact that he's Russian, certainly helps, you know, with him and Panarin, there's, you know, sort of some connection there. And, you know, I, I've seen, you know, Panarin kind of take on a leadership role with him um, from some of the, you know, the videos of them interacting, which is, you know, great to see. But uh, it, it is interesting to see how, you know, I w- I'd say more interesting to see how Kraftsoff handles that this kind of pressure, because there's really no excuse if you can't have success on that second line, then where in the lineup can you expect to have success? I mean, um, you know, you mentioned actually this morning uh, through texting that Kraftsoff is a plus 2200 to win the Calder, which is pretty interesting, you know, seeming that he's going to be starting the season off on the second line and, you know, going to be playing with Panarin and Trocek. And it's like, I mean, if you 
are not having success with those two players, you're probably the problem. I mean, you saw what Panarin was able to do with, you know, much less. And, you know, you know, so I expect that line to be able to produce, you know, especially five on five, which the Rangers desperately needed. So um, if that's, you know, if that chemistry just isn't there, Kraftsoff's the one that's going to get moved. Those two guys, you know, that's their spot. So, you know, they're not coming off that second line. The only thing that, Panarin could do is jump up with Zibanejad and that's, you know, you know, Trocek is our number two center without a doubt. So yeah. Um, you know, what do you make of, uh, Kraft's office comments of, you know, I know he's saying the right things here, but, um, you know, basically the media asking him, you know, how is it in the locker room? And, you know, do you feel, you know, basically, do you feel any pressure of, you know, being where you are right now in the lineup? It was an interesting interview the other day. Um, you know, he does intimate that first of off that most of what Pete was posted online wasn't factual, but luckily his agent, Chris Drury, and, you know, obviously the Rangers and him, they all know what actually happened. So, you know, I think that means that some things were sensationalized. Probably some of the things about Drury on the, like in front of the, the Hartford Wolfpack, like calling him a, you know, a, whatever a fucking quitter or what all this other stuff that I always doubted was real, you know? Uh, but yeah, he also said like, he understands that because of the, how things have gone and that he doesn't want that to be representative of who he is. And he knows that it means he has to like really work hard to try to make, you know, earn his spot and make the team, which is basically the right thing to say. Uh, you know, and he also seemed to in intimate that some of a lot of it was like mental health related uh you know which i obviously when things weren't going right the his last stint with the rangers i think it would understandably take a toll on you especially if you're you know you're that far from home and you don't really have a support group here you know what i mean so yeah i i get it but uh i think he understands and i mean of all by all accounts that line of him trocheck and panarin have been the best looking line in all of the practices they keep having sustained ozone pressure um and all the you know all the breakaway drills he's pretty much money you know he put three in on igor i think today yep. in a row <laughs> you know he's just he's got he's you know he's not a perfect prospect by any means but he is dangerously skilled and i think that's the one thing that kind of gets lost i think and I even think people that prognosticate his game un tend to underrate him or they think he's just kind of a catch and release shooter or he's just a guy who takes shots off the wing or, you know, just the, that the pace he plays at wouldn't work. But he's just I think he's a deceptively fluid skater and he's got better. He's actually a, I think he's a better passer and has higher hockey IQ than people give him credit for. And I just think that between the comments of. You know, him just trying to, you know, you see him going to the net more. And I thought even in his stint with the Rangers last year, uh, he he was always forechecking and going after pucks. And, you know, maybe he's a little weak, weaker because he was younger. But I never thought he looked like he wasn't trying to, like, hound, you know, pressure the puck or anything like that. Right. Like, you know, it just wasn't. I just think it was about getting comfortable much like, you know, but I think this is a situation that if if this is Panarin Trocheck crafts offline is what rolls out on in game one, I think he will be comfortable. You know what I mean? Because you know at least your line's going to have possession of the puck. 
at the very least, those two are going to have somehow gained possession of that puck. You know what I mean? So it helps. It's not like, all right, why did you, Brett Howden and Phil DiGiuseppe, why did you not have the puck? Why didn't I get to see anything from you? You know what I mean? Like, come on, you know? So it's a much better situation for him. Um, but I thought the more interesting thing, and I want to ask your opinion about this, was Panarin made some pretty interesting comments about he feels like he's gotten away from his game a little bit the last few seasons and that he wanted to return to the player he was in Columbus and in his first year with the Rangers. Like he basically said, I want to, you know, I, you know, I've been focusing on the wing, but I want to be, go back to being a player who's everywhere. What did you think about that quote when you heard it? Or is this your first time hearing it? No, I I saw it. Um, He also kind of referenced that he was a little, uh, he lost confidence into the playoffs which is kind of concerning. And if you look at his points. Well, I think the full, in fairness, I think the full quote was that, you know, it was he got away from his game because he was so afraid of turning over the puck, um, which is ironic considering he was turning over the puck a lot because he was trying to, I don't know, he was, when you have to think about things in the NHL, you're basically dead, right? So he turned it over a bunch with these passes even though he, you've seen him make so many good passes, you know, during the regular season and just just the last few years or since he's been in the NHL, and I, you know, I think it was just a combination of being hurt and not wanting to be the one that like springs the other team. And if you have to think about that before making a pass in the offensive zone, you're fucked. And I think that was what was going on with him. So, but I think he also understands that when he came to the Rangers, the year he was almost he almost won the heart. He was everywhere. He was in every board battle in which he won every board battle. I couldn't believe it, too. It was I I, I don't know if it was if you and I, but I, I commented to someone when I, the, you know, I went to a game early that in Panera's first season and he literally did everything like and I couldn't believe it. He was literally he won every battle and he transported the puck and he was just he was everywhere. But he definitely wasn't like that so much this last season. You know, he was more of like, I'm on the wing and Strom's going to go here or whatever. And then whoever's our center is going to do this or go get pucks for us. And yeah, that's just, he's, you, you got to be in the fight. And that was the Panarin we saw early on with the Rangers, but uh, he got away from it last year and he's so talented. He still almost put up career high numbers, but uh, yeah, I think he, he seems that he seems to understand that it's, he needs to get back to, being like that to be even more effective yeah i all right so what do i make of these comments it's there's two things number one obviously there was a change in his game because go you know if you take panarin from you know just say you know two years ago when he first came here he yeah certainly was everywhere doing everything was definitely a different player now that gallant his first season under gallant yeah, he was a little bit more X's and O's, and that probably hurt his game a little bit because it's not that he's not used to playing a non-freewheeling game where he can just control the play and just kind of roam around and be Artemi Panarin. But I also think, you know, too, that um, he's also one of those guys where I, I don't, I don't necessarily take everything he says like to heart because I do think uh, sometimes he'll say stuff just to kind of say it and I don't mean it in like a negative way, but I I think he tries to say like the right thing sometimes and it doesn't always come out great. 
like with the whole like I don't need to be a captain to be like a leader like I, you know I don't know if that's like it doesn't sound wrong but it also doesn't sound right you know you, you should you know it, I don't know it, it just seems like sometimes when he's talking you know some of the stuff that he says uh is not misinterpreted but more like I don't know I, I don't look too much into what what he kind of makes his comments about like um uh, I know this is, I'm butchering this right now, but it's like hard to express what I'm thinking in my head. Like, like I think he obviously wants to go back to playing that freewheeling hockey. I like, I don't think he's taking a shot at Gallant when he says that, you know, he wants to get back to that. You know, I, I really truly think he expects more from himself and he wants to get back to, you know, feeling confident. And I don't think that's just automatically a change in his entire game. I think he just, wants to be better period and that's how he put it so um if that makes any sense whatsoever andy uh which i hope it does uh do do you understand kind of what i'm saying like i I don't think this is like a knock on gallant's you know x's and o style um and you know kind of limiting his freewheeling ability out there um i just think he expects more of himself and he knows he kind of let the rangers down last postseason so I, I think he's looking to improve and get better and I, I think having better line mates certainly will allow him to be a little bit more confident with the puck and feel like well if I turn this over there's nobody going to be stopping you know uh, I'm just going to leave the defenseman out to dry I think Trocek will be a little bit more you know uh, you know just a little bit better than Strom in terms of just overall play and, and having a, a more consistent companion and you know i I think you know maybe having crafts off there he might be a little timid at first but again just an overly skilled kid that you know is going to be hopefully working his tail off and will be doing a lot of good things and being taught through panarin and through gallant you know hopefully that line just stays consistently successful throughout the season because we're obviously going to need that line to you know put up some five on five goals um yeah, so you know, what are your thoughts on on that? Like, do you read too much into what Panarin says? Uh, I mean, I guess yes and no. Most fans, and it's weird. It's like I knew Panarin was hurt, and his line mates were hurt. So, I obviously understand they weren't going to be as effective. Panarin still put up a good number of points in the throughout the playoffs, but obviously, like everyone else, I have eyes, and I was like, well. He was turning over the puck on passes a lot. He just was clearly not getting to the middle when things weren't going his line's way, you know? So I just... Listen, I think Gallant had a lot a lot to blame. That last game of the season, the, the game six where the Rangers got knocked out, I honestly felt like that was Panarin's best game of that series, and Gallant mismanaged him and kept yeah. him with two hurt guys, and, you know, that prohibited him. I thought he was basically playing, you know, uh, you know, a one-on, you know, a one-on five. One-on five, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Galan also benched Capo Caco. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, Galan is clearly not perfect coach. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think it was – I think Panarin was putting it on himself. I don't think he was saying it was Galan's fault. I think he had and – and unless I think Galan gives guys like him and Zibanejad a lot of, uh, a lot of leeway. You know what oh, I mean? He understands I, their star players. I mean – he doesn't definitely doesn't coach the Rangers like he coached the Golden Knights. You know what I mean? Which I think is a strength of his is that he's a player's coach. And I think the fact that he could bench those guys 
or you could bench Kako and he could bring up the kids slowly or whatever. And yeah, we complain about it, but they got pretty far last year and everyone seems to still love him. Let's, you know, he, and every player who's ever had Turk is like, Oh, Turk was one of my favorite coaches ever. You know what I mean? So whatever. He's not like, meanwhile, uh, in Philly, you know, t- uh, <laughs> Tortorella's torts is trying to turn over the culture there. And he's got, he's got everyone bag skating. And oh he lived, there was literally a guy laying on his back on the ice. Yeah. Sandheim um, was, <laughs> look, look. Or, or, I don't think it was Sandheim. I think it was a, it was a, it was an undrafted invite. Oh, apparently. there's a video of Sandheim at center ice and he's just blown get, up trying yeah. to get up. And he's just like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, this is brutal. I, you know, listen, I mean, he said he is very worried about that locker room. Uh, so, you know, I, I, it is they're They're in a lot of trouble, unfortunately, because they could, they could all, by the time they're done with his camp, they could all be ready to, to like ride in a tour de France. It's not going to fucking matter. They're not going to have Couturier. <laughs> They're not going to have Ryan Ellis now. You know what I mean? His career might be over. Uh, Ed Couturier's might be over. We don't know, but they're fucked. So I don't care how they're going to, they're going to be the best shape, the shittiest, best shaped team in the, in the league, you know, by the time this is over. Listen, um, he's done wonders. He did wonders in, you know, Columbus with some Yeah, of the but at Columbus he had Pan- he had at least had he Panarin, did. he had Jones and, and Warensky. He does he's got Deant- his best players are literally his best players right now are, are Kevin Hayes and Tony D'Angelo. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and Cam is Cam Ak- and Cam Atkinson. Yeah, Cam Atkinson. When the, those are his three best players. Like they're fucked, man. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe they can be lost. What that kid's got. Yeah, listen. Up. We'll see if Konechny. Maybe Konechny can take another step in the younger guys because they do have some good, good younger prospects. I like. I like a lot of their prospect pool. You know, who knows uh, if some of their their prospects step in, and and who knows? Maybe they will surprise. But I just think I think they're fucked. But. Anyway, getting back to the Rangers. Yeah, I just think it's not so much an indictment on Galan. I think he knows that it just he gets paid a lot of money to make things happen at the right time. And it just at times it wasn't happen for him. Uh, And yeah, even though he got less points, I think he was more effective of a player when he was in Columbus. You know, I just everything kind of just flowed through him. He was in the middle more. Uh, If anything, you could almost say he was a little bit more of a selfish player. You know, he was he played almost like more like a center than a winger when he was, uh, you know, he didn't take the face offs. But then he was like, it wasn't just my lane is on the left side of the ice. And that's what I'm going to use. He was all over. He was all over more. He's roving around a little bit, you know. So and I think that's good. I think that'll work well with a, a player like Trocek, who's literally going to, you know, get in with wheels and uh try to possess the puck and and just yeah just make sure if if he they doesn't have possession he's going to get it for his line you know and then he's going to go to the net and get tips and look for deflections a little bit grittier you know the nfl action is in full swing here at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl we're talking touchdowns big plays and even bigger wins New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, full disclosure, I'm a bit of a freak when it comes to audio quality. I basically always have a pair of headphones in my ears. Uh, I'm either editing this podcast, recording this podcast, listening to music, listening to other podcasts, and I do all this when I'm working out, uh, walking around the streets of New York City, riding the subway, riding the bike, running for exercise, uh, and recently it's been an amazing experience. Um, And do you know why? Because I've been using my brand new Raycon wireless earbuds to do all of it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever, and with their optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, they are so comfortable, they will not budge. Uh, Trust me, like I said, when I'm running, riding the bike, just moving all out and about, they do not move an inch. Raycons give up to eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. And they're priced just right because you get quality audio at half the price of the other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Like I said earlier, I'm a bit of a freak when it comes to audio. So Raycon's three customizable sound profiles are perfect for me. If I want more bass, I can get it. If I want less bass, I can get it. If I want more highs, I can get them. Uh, I can just basically tailor it to the type of music I'm listening to and just how I'm feeling on any given day. Right now, go to buyraycon.com and use code THPN15 and get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Again, buyraycon.com, code THPN15. It, well, it's it's tough on Gallant, too. Like, Gallant also has a team that has superstars and then had kids that are literally trying to learn the game on the fly and gets them into the postseason. And, you know, half, half of that team, their postseason, you know, experience was nil. So it's it's tough, you know. And Gallant is trying to teach X's and O's. And you have Panarin, you know, sitting there, you know, on one knee looking at a, a board being like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, this is what I have to do right now. Like, and it's like, you know, Gallant is still, he still has to coach a team full of young, young kids and they're still young and they're still learning and growing. And, you know, this year is not going to be any different. You know, there, he's still going to have to coach up, you know, our defense. He's still going to have to coach up, you know, Gallant still has to manage a, a bottom, you know, pairing defense that basically are, NHL rookies and then you know still has to manage what he's going to do with Lafreniere, Kako and Heedle you know does he mix them throughout the lineup or does he keep them together because they had success and maybe they're comfortable playing with each other and then you know and then you have the you know you look up and down the lineup and it's just like look at our bottom six you know how do you what do you do with that that core group what do you do with the bottom fourth line you know it's like there's a lot that he has to worry about. And, you know, I think sometimes if you look at an individual player's play and, you know, comments on just, you know, especially Panarin's comments on, on not being freewheeling enough. And I think just, just more of an indictment on himself rather than Gallant. And that's why I don't, I don't take 
Panarin's comments too seriously because I, I don't think he takes this all too serious. Like I, I think he takes it one game at a time and tries to to be the best player he can be. I, I, I don't think he sees himself as like a guy that needs to put up 150 points for this team to be successful. I just think he knows that, listen, I, I can't be as bad as I was in the postseason uh, because then we have no shot at winning a Stanley Cup. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I wanted to kind of circle back into a point I made. Jones Schneider pairing obviously was cited, uh, you know, today. And, you know, I do want to get your thoughts on are you confident with those two going into the season? I mean, there's got to be some growing pains. And we don't really have an answer besides those two. So. Well, I mean, first off, it might be Hayek Schneider. And honestly, I uh, it seems that I thought I saw somewhere that Vince mentioned that we shouldn't sleep on Matthew Robertson in that he thinks he's he speculated there might even be an internal belief that they would prefer Robert Robertson if he's ready over Jones. Jesus. Just because he plays a little bit more of a steady game. Uh, he's bigger, you know. Uh, so... I, whether or not that's true, I'm not sure. That was again. That was Vince just trying to get say he got. That's a sense he had, but is that true? I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I mean, it depends. I you know, in watching those those prospect games, yeah, there was like the quality of his teammates wasn't so great. But Jones didn't exactly blow me away. He was fine, you know. And who knows? Hayek, unfortunately, we've spoken about this in the past. Is that he has the the physical tools of a of a solid NHL defenseman. It's just his. I feel like his hockey IQ is now nowhere near close enough, unfortunately. So who knows? We'll see how how these games go. Um, I, he you know Jones is a guy that has to make it, unfortunately, because or has to has to turn heads. It's not gifted to him, you know. So he's got to play well. So hopefully, you know, he looks good with Schneider and looks steady, and they use each other well and. Uh, yeah, he's a smaller guy, so he's going to have to, he's going to, yeah, he's going to have to really make sure he can put out fires before they become issues because the more offense he plays, the less defense, like in his own Z defense he has to play, which I think would probably be his weakest part of his game, you know? So, yeah, well, we shall, we shall see, you know, but, uh, yeah, other than that, it's really just that literally that last spot on the third line is the only one in the Rangers that's up for grabs. However, should someone else get hurt, then that's a whole other story because now you're dealing with uh, a reality in which Hayek and Jones are in the lineup, right? Or Robertson or whoever. So, um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting, like I said, mentioned up top, just to see the guys like your Jimmy VCs and Dryden Hunts who are competing to be either on the fourth line or be that last extra forward because how tight uh, cap space is going to be. Uh, those are the guys that are going to really look to impress. So, and we've seen a lot of guys look amazing, like revelations in the preseason, and then it just you know falls flat in the regular season. Yeah, and you know, it's, I'm a little bit nervous, like thinking about it, because I do feel like, you know, I, I the one thing that the Rangers were last year was consistent, and you know, and we haven't had that for a very long time, and I worry that just a slight bit of inconsistency, especially with some of our younger kids can kind of derail everything. Uh, you know, pressure is good, but too much pressure is also a bad thing. And I just worry that the New York Rangers are going to 
rely upon some of their youth a little bit too much. Now, do I want to see them all take a big step forward? Yes, I do. Um, is, is it nice having four solid defensemen that I really, truly trust? And then, you know, Schneider, I think he'll play a simple game, but there's always going to be growing pains with him playing a full NHL season. Obviously, you know, you mentioned now Robertson's in the mix and, um, you know, with, with Jones. And then you have Hayek, who I absolutely have zero trust in. He, he's going to have to prove to me that he actually is an NHL player. Um, you know, and then, you know, looking at the Rangers forwards, it's like, yeah, I trust all these guys to go out there and play. But if we need to have success here in the long run, we need like five on five scoring. We need to roll three lines that can put the puck in the net. And we need a fourth line that was more consistent in chipping the puck in and, and creating plays. And, you know, it's kind of you know, it might be selfish of me to expect all these things and that much of an improvement from last year, even though we finished, you know, second in the Metro and made it to the Eastern Conference final. But, you know, this is kind of it, you know, we're, you know, come trade deadline, you know, that team, this could be the, one of the best years to take a crack at the Stanley Cup, you know, that that's how I, I view it. And I don't know, I'm just, uh, there's a lot of question marks still to be had. And I guess we'll, we'll find out you know, very soon of where some of these rookies stand. But, um, yeah. Is there any ounce of worry for you, Andy? I know you expect kind of a step back this year in terms of. Well, actually, you know, it's funny. I think the more I think about it and the more I hear, I think it's dependent on two things. If Keandre Miller takes another step forward, especially considering the player he looked like in the playoffs, I think he was the Rangers' best defenseman in the playoffs. Not every round, but cumulatively I do. Because I think Fox was obviously an absolute beast uh, in, you know, the first two rounds, but not so much as in the, as the playoffs went on. Uh, but I just thought Keandre was just by, on average, which probably their best defender, you know. Um, if he takes a big step forward, which means he, his, him and Truba together can log just as much minutes as Adam Fox, and you can have one of Fox and Miller on the ice at all times, uh, I think this team can take a step forward. And honestly, I think just if the kid line, I know it, it uh, honestly, there's a part of me that says, yeah, fucking put it, just leave the kid line as the third line. Cause I don't, if you, if they can't beat other teams, third lines, you know what I mean? I, I don't know what else to tell you at that point. Then you'll know it's just not working, you know, <laughs> that the Rangers are fucked, but there's no reason they shouldn't be able to. I think, Honestly, you know, this might be a weird thing to say. I think the line I worry about the most is Kreider and Zibanejad. You know, they've never been able to find a running mate like they've had in Buchnevich. Um, If you're going to leave the kid line together and leave Krafts off with them, is Sammy Blay really the answer there? Like, I don't know. You know, that's the, I think that worry, that combination probably worries me more than the other ones because they're both getting older, you know. Uh, so in a lot of ways, I'm not, it's funny. I think the more I think about it, the less I'm worried about the kids, the more I'm worried about, uh, Gallant giving Kreider and Zibanejad and they've never, you know, they, they, as far as top lines go in the league, they've, you know, they're usually middle of the pack. They, there's some nights where they look really good and some nights where it's just kind of not working for them. Obviously Kreider scored a lot of goals, but last year, but he did score a lot in games where even his line was getting out chanced, you know? But 
And again, I think Blay being a slower guy, I don't even though I don't know if he's is he really skilled enough to keep up with those two? I don't know. So I almost worry about them them more than the kids. Obviously, if if they end up breaking the kid lineup and having Kako or Lafreniere play with them or vice versa, whatever, then we're having a different conversation. But yeah, I think it's more so that to answer your original question, uh, I think. Yeah, I, I think this team, it's, if every, yeah, I think it, it's on paper, even though it, it's the the same squad minus the, the guys we brought in towards the tail end of the year and obviously minus Strom, but I think the law of averages of just, of the players we saw in the playoffs and just having another year under Heedle, Lafreniere, Kako, uh, Keandre, even, hell, even Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren, you know, under those guys, I think law of averages, even if Igor takes a step back, uh, I think it, it should be a better team, even though it's essentially the same team minus some guys. And I think most people, the, the, the fairest take to say is they're better than the team that started the, you know, they might be better than the team that started the year last year, but not as good as the one that went into the playoffs with the adding Vetrano and Cop, you know, and Braun and Mott and those guys. But I'll take that. I still think that's good enough, you know. I think it's. It also depends on which teams in the Metro you see regression from, but uh, yeah, I I do think that that there is a a combination that this team is better today than they were last year. But it's uh, yeah, there is a lot riding on the youth. But I also think we we might downplay how much is riding on guys like. Kreider and Zabanajad and Panera not taking steps back, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, again, I, this has kind of been my mantra. It was my mantra, uh, mantra last year, you know, our superstars have to play like superstars. I don't want to hear. Yeah. Zabanajad has, you know, zero goals through the first 12 games, but you know, defensive metrics, he's, you know, one at top of the league, like, no, that doesn't fly with me. It's got to be you got to produce points. You got to be able to score. You got to be able to score power play goals. You need to score even strength goals. You know, our power play was dynamite last year and was such a key part of our success. You you might not be second overall in the league, but you still have to remain top 8 in the league to be, you know, relevant and and have some sort of similar production. Obviously, different team. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know you know, the Rangers hopefully are, you know, have the same ability to draw penalties and, and keep, you know, c- cycling the puck down low because that's how most penalties are drawn, you know, and, you know, they got to have success again on the power play. And I think they will. I mean, I I, I highly doubt Zibanejad and Panarin and, and Kreider will take that big of a step back on the power play, which I'm I'm confident in. And obviously, when you, whenever you have, you know, Fox to kind of be that QB, I'm you know, very, very confident that they will be able to repeat that. It's the, you know, I'll say it again. It's the five on five play. If, if they're more consistent, the Rangers, there's no reason why they're not battling the Carolina hurricanes, you know, for the division lead. If, you know, they Kreider goes and turns into Casper, the friendly ghost, you know, if there's an injury, geez, you know, who knows, man, they, they could be, you know, fighting then for a wild card spot. I can see it either way. And it just comes down to consistency and everyone fulfilling their individual role. You know, listen, Kreider, you want to be talked about as a superstar? You got to play like a superstar. You got to put up superstar numbers. That's what makes you successful. And, 
you know, you can talk about every defensive metric in the book, but at the same time, if you're expected to score goals, you got to score goals. You know, you, you know, I hate to say it, you know, Panarin, you know, Kreider, Zibanejad, you you get paid a lot of money to put the puck in the net and, uh, you know, it's got to be there. So, um, yeah, you know, now you got me worried about the kids. Now I'm worried about, you know, our veterans, Andy. Uh, but you know, all in all, if you look though around the East, especially the Metro, I am very confident we're going to be right there. I mean, again, Pittsburgh's going to be a tough team. I just don't see Washington being better than us. I don't see ba- you know, Boston. Uh, obviously, they're not in the Metro, but you know, they're going to be a wild card team. I, I don't see them being better than us. I'm trying to think of teams that would yeah. be. I, in fairness, I do think there's a reality in which Boston is a better team than us, but they have to survive not having uh, guys like Marshand and McAvoy early on. You know. Yeah, and I, well, we'll see if Krejci still has the juice that he had before he left you know what i mean because i think people i think i people are sleeping on them because of you know oh they're so old now and this but bergeron is still the best defensive player in the league or forward anyway uh so yeah i mean if they can get over that hump i think although uh they did they who, do they have a new coach they didn't fire cassie right am i crazy why do i feel like they did fire him yeah, who is the, who is the coach of the Boston Bruins? Oh, I'm, I got it. I'm, looking I'm right googling now. right now. Sorry. Now you got me. Uh, Jim Montgomery. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that's about right, that. That's right. Yeah, Ugh, it was stupid. Cassidy like was a great coach, but so I they like, could take a step back. Because honestly, Cassidy, no, I, is, a, is a really good coach. So, you know, I mean, obviously that was a good pickup for uh, for Vegas, right? So, uh, yeah. Oh, God, that yeah. It's going to be, it, I'm telling you, like, it's going to be interesting to see, listen, this, like a team like Washington, I, I'm looking at like the, obviously the, the battle for the wild card. I, I, I think, you know, I, I really do think like teams like Buffalo and Detroit and, and Ottawa are going to be right there. They're going like, to be I, much better. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. The, like those teams are going to be much better. And then uh, like, I feel I like. I guess is, top- Col- is Columbus better? They're probably a little bit better, but is that I, good enough in this division? I'm not sure. You know, it, it's tough. I mean, they they need guys to be able to put the puck in the net consistently. I mean, isn't that obviously the story for everyone? But, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I think if a guy like Kent Johnson pops, and then you have obviously now you have Johnny Gaudreau, and you have Line a who can can score goal. You know, he's he does have a forty plus goal season. You know, and hell, honestly, if I mean, I'm just trying to think if they, you know, if they had a top six of, uh, you know, Kent Johnson, Johnny Gaudreau, Voracek, Line A, yeah, it's okay-ish. I mean, it could be really, I guess maybe take teams by surprise. I definitely can see them being that team like the Rangers were a few, but that they don't ultimately don't make it, but they win a bunch of games because teams kind of think it's going to be a, a walk in the park. And then they're like, oh shit, there's some like skill there. We didn't really anticipate. Um, yeah. Uh, and I can see them. They're going to be uh, like last year. They were a pretty good home team. So, if, if, you know, if they're maybe better on the road, having yeah. a little bit more leadership, I think Johnny Gaudreau kind of maybe yeah. steps up we as smoke, a leader. The Rangers did smoke them last year really bad. That's the thing. Every time Panarin plays one of his former teams, he just balls out. He's like, fuck this. I'm putting up five points in this game, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is, is funny. I don't know if it's if it's him trying to show them that, you know, you fucked up by trading me. Although, you know, Columbus didn't do a goddamn thing. 
maybe he just wants to show out for he doesn't want to look like an asshole, you know, for leaving. He's like, see, I'm with the better, you know, I'm with the I, I left for the, uh, you know, the, the new hotter spouse or, 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 you know, partner or whatever, you know? Yeah. But yeah, and it'll, it'll, but that's the thing. Like, you know, you look at these teams and it's like, listen, I, I do at the end of the day, think we're a better team than Boston. I think we're a better team than Washington. I think you can make a case for Pittsburgh and just how well coached they are. And, you know, a healthy Crosby and Malkin, you know, obviously they can, they can beat anybody in the league. Um, you know, they're obviously going to be a tough team and watch, they're going to get off to a, a rough start. They're going to start the season off probably like four and 12, and then they'll win, you know, 16 of 20 games and, and jump the standings and be right there, uh, looking to, uh, you know, take over the Metro. And then obviously Carolina is going to be good. So, yeah, the Rangers are going to have their work cut out for them, but you know, consistency—they got to be key. It, you know, they got to be able to win these games, and you got to beat the bottom feeders, and you got to be competitive and play 500 hockey against the the better teams like Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Florida and Toronto. And we were able to win games against those teams last year. You know, yeah, like, and that's huge. So, um, yeah, you got anything else, Andy? Uh, no, not really. Uh, like you said, I just, I was looking at some of the first, you know, it's Pittsburgh starts their season, I think at home versus the Arizona coyotes. So uh, not listen, the Rangers lost their first, what, two games. So it's not, it's not the end of the world if you lose your home opener, but it's just interesting that some teams that could get off to a running start here, if they have a, a nice schedule to get their confidence up, whereas the Rangers have to play uh Tampa, you know, who might be looking to prove that they're still good. So that could be tough uh, as your first game of the season. Um, but uh, yeah, like you said, consistency, I think will be very important for this team. It doesn't even have to be amazing all the time. It's almost might be better for them if it's instead of high highs and low lows, it's just like, you know, upper mid, <laughs> you know, uh, just good, 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 good. Not like great, bad, great, bad, great, bad. Um so yeah, I mean that's that's basically it. I'm excited to go to this preseason game tomorrow. I'm wondering what wacky, uh, you know, combos we see out there. Uh, again, it is a pre. It's the preseason. It doesn't really mean much. It's more about individual performance. So if the Rangers lose to the Islanders, like the basically the bridge, you know, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean jack shit. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna care so much about the result. Uh, considering they're sw- literally swapping goalies out in the middle of the of the game, you know, and, and guys like Igor are literally just trying not to pull anything, you know, they're trying to get warm. Um, but yeah, so that's very exciting. Uh, right now, we have a fun uh, contest going on. If you go to our Twitter page, uh, we are giving away an NHL jersey of your choosing if you win the contest, and it's uh, pretty easy to play. If you go to our Twitter page at Broadway Boys Pod. The post will be stickied on our Twitter page. Uh, you make sure you have to follow us at Broadway Boys, retweet that post, and comment uh, with your DraftKings username in the comments, and then you're eligible to win a any an NHL jersey of your choice. So if you're a Rangers fan, yeah, you get that. You finally get that Lafreniere jersey, or hell, if you just if you're listening to this and you're a fan of another team, yeah, you can use any jersey you choose. So. Be sure to do that. Uh, and also, if you're not currently on DraftKings, there is also a link in that post for you to sign up using promo code THPN where you get uh, amazing offers. So, yeah, take advantage of it. Win a free jersey. 
because everyone knows jerseys are really expensive. So why would you want to spend that much money when you can have it for free? So do that. Yeah, and like I said, that's going to cover it for this edition. We'll see you all back on Thursday. Uh, the Rangers have preseason action, and then they're going, I think, believe to Rhode Island on a team bonding trip, probably to TP David Quinn's house while he's in San Jose. Um, but, you know, who knows? Uh, and yeah, then the regular season's underway. So, uh, yeah, let's let's hope crafts off. Uh, and hell, we'll see what guys like Jimmy VC uh, have to prove. So we'll see what happens. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or the Hockey Podcast Network dot com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.